Welcome to What's New Today at OFA. This podcast comes to you from the participants of the Film and Media Program at Options for All San Diego. The Film and Media Program introduces participants with physical and developmental disabilities to all of the various aspects of filmmaking. What's New Today at OFA is a variety show podcast featuring exciting segments produced by Options for All students. And now, what's new today at OFA? All right, guys, let's rock the show. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. Ready to crew. Let's do this. Hold on, hold on, Mike. You turned it loud enough. Turn it up. Gary, we've already set your amp to the max. It can't go any louder. Nonsense. I need it louder. Turn it up. Gary, that's too loud. You can't hear anything else. Yeah, my drums are getting drowned out. I can't even feel the bass anymore. My keyboard is shaking. Louder, louder. Gary, are you okay? (laughs) You're doing that evil laugh again. Gary, this is insane. You're going to blow our eardrums out. I can't take any more. My fingers are vibrating. I'm getting a headache. Louder, I want it louder. Gary, stop your amp. It's about to explode. I don't care. Louder. Should we stop Should we cancel this show? Gary, are you okay? That was insane. You could have been killed. That was the loudest explosion I've ever heard. Wow, that was awesome. Can we do that again? Gary, that's the fifth time this week that this has happened. You really need to stop tuning your amps up like that. <laughs> Does everybody have another amp? Hello, my name is Brandon Edwards, and welcome to today's podcast. This is an imagination. Today, I'm making a podcast about animation and discussion about topics, stuff like what motivates us, what inspires us, and things we like and don't like about certain types of animation or shows or, you know, anything about animation. Today, I'd like to talk about a certain type of animation that's inspired me over the years. I would like to talk about Pokemon or, you know, the Pokemon anime. Man, it's been what, 24 years since animation started? And I would say there's a lot of like lessons to be learned from the anime. Like the main character, Ash Ketchum, always shows us never to give up no matter what. His messages make a lot of sense. His character is a character that is something I want to relate to. I want to be someone who doesn't give up, always triumphs above his fears or worries and pretty much is successful as a whole, honestly. Very successful. The viewers of the latest anime would probably know this, but Ash Ketchum has finally become number one in the world in the anime. He has won the world's championship and has become number one trainer in the world, and that's pretty, pretty impressive for someone his age. And I would say that's... Something I'm trying to reach, like, 
I'm trying to reach a goal where I feel like I can be the best I, I've been. I want to be the best me I can be. So, what kind of things inspire you guys about animation? Or at least in this case, what, what characters seem to inspire you guys not want to give up? Well, I was always... I was always a big Sailor Moon fan because, to be really honest, um, I figured out the the characters. Like, I know, like, all the characters that were in the first season before they pulled up the second season. Um, let's see. I, I already know, like, all five of the names of the Sailor Scouts. Um, there's Amy... Ray, Lita, Mina, and Serena. Rini is also there, but she is in probably maybe in the fourth season where she is a Sailor Scout and where when I first experienced all the Sailor Moon seasons and all the episodes, I was kind of surprised where they do like all the animation characters. Like, I was surprised about like the two cats, Luna and Artemis, of course. That's what the names kind of inspired me. I don't like how the villains are evil and rude because they they follow an evil queen's rule and instead of like being the good queen as Queen Beryl is, she thinks that she can run everybody, she thinks she can run her enemies, and then also she brings her minions out of her negaverse and tries to destroy the Sailor Scouts. I was kind of surprised with Darian as well before he disguised himself as Tuxedo Mask. I see. Very, very interesting. I see. Very interesting. What about you, Matthew? Hmm. Does it have to be a comedy cartoon that can inspire someone? It could be any kind of cartoon, honestly. Something that inspires you. Hmm. Something that you want to relate to or that you do relate to. Does it have to be live action or animated cartoon? Usually animated. Animated cartoon, animated you, mean? cartoon you yeah. mean? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I was thinking The Simpsons makes me a huge fan. I see. What things inspire you about The Simpsons? The Simpsons is one of my favorite TV cartoons. It takes place in a fictional town of Springfield. A family of Homer, Marge, Bart, Lisa, and Maggie. They're the family. It starts out with the logo, with the chorus singing the title of the show, followed by a long intro, or even a short intro. Homer is seen parking his car, opening the garage. Bart lands on the car with his skateboard, and Homer gets out, followed by Lisa passing him on her bike, saying, and Homer's saying, don't! And he gets scared and screams as Marge chases him into the house with a random thing going on before the opening and before the episode starts. Ah, oh, yes. Very. very. And what kind of things do you like about The Simpsons? Um, the location in Springfield and the yellow colored bodies and... <laughs> Everything's pretty hilarious in that show. 
trying to do things the correct way, but it turns out funny. Would you say there's anything The Simpsons needs to work on, or is everything okay? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. I think this turned out very well. I'm glad to know what inspires you guys about animation and what kind of things you like. Thank you, Chris, and thank you, Matthew, for being on my podcast. You are welcome. You're welcome. And this is where I will end today's podcast. Thank you, guys. This is Brendan Edwards signing off. Till next time. See ya. Hello and welcome. It's July and summer's in full swing. So sit back, relax, grab a cup of coffee, tea, hot chocolate, or even just water, as well as a plate or bowl of your favorite food. Sit back, grab some popcorn, relax, kick back your feet, and enjoy the show. So first up, we have the American Revolution. If you live anywhere in America, in the United States, then this day that the 13 colonies claimed their independence from Great Britain was set in motion the eventual freedom from the British Empire. But the fighting continued on until September 3rd, 1783. Why they chose July 4th as their independence day, I do not know. But this day, July 4th, 1776, was the day that they declared their independence from England and the British Empire. Up next, we have a very significant and influential moment of human history. The storming of the Bastille. As part of the French Revolution, the revolutionaries, fueled by their hatred and loathing of the French monarchy, stormed into the Bastille, seized some weapons, and staged a coup. Why did they do that? Well, why do revolutions happen in the first place? Because the people feel oppressed. And that's what the French public of the time felt. They were living in squalor. And the rich were living in utter exquisite luxury. Also, there was no middle class. There were the rich, poor, and extremely poor. No middle or second class. Due to the tyranny of King Louis XIV. As such, the public banded together to seek justice, that being storming into the Bastille and taking the weapons to get revenge for their misery. It would lead up to King Louis XIV and his wife Marie Antoinette facing the guillotine on the 21st of January, 1793. Now. That's one small step for man. Neil Armstrong. That quote is what Neil Armstrong said when he landed on the moon on the 20th of July. From July 16th to the 20th, 1968, the United States achieved a historic milestone by landing astronauts Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin on the moon. This event fulfilled President John F. Kennedy's vision of a moon landing and showcased human achievement and exploration. Now, the Great War begins. 
On this day, 1914, Austria-Hungary declared war on Serbia, thus starting the First World War, or as it was known as then, the War to End All Wars, or the Great War. Although it officially began on the 28th, tensions were rising throughout the entire year of 1914 and even before. But one month earlier, on 28th of June, Archduke Franz Ferdinand and his wife were assassinated by the assassin group called the Black Hand. When the two were driving through Serbia in their open convertible motorcade, then from there tensions skyrocketed. The UK, France and Russia allied themselves with Serbia, whereas Germany, the Ottoman Empire and Italy joined hands with the Austro-Hungarian Empire. So then, after the declaration of war, America, Russia, Germany, UK, France and others began immediately partnering up with one of the two countries. Until, on the 28th of July, World War I officially began. Now the dates are over. Sort of. But what about holidays? Well, for the month of July, we have July 4th. People usually have barbecues and eat hot dogs and burgers and watch fireworks displays. Let's do something else. Like, what about the birthdays of Neville Frank Longbottom on the 30th of July and the birthday of Harry James Potter on the following date on 31st? And yes, I know they're fictional characters, but deal with it. You see, there was this prophecy which stated that a boy born at the end of July to parents who defied or went against Voldemort three times would be able to defeat Voldemort who would be able to defeat Voldemort, who is the most wicked and the most evil and the most vile and cruel wizard to ever exist, even worse than Gallard Grindelwald. So, the two families, the Longbottoms and the Potters, they went into hiding. But Voldemort chose to go after the Potters, thus marking Harry as his equal. Now, with that said, Thanks for listening, and see you next month in August as we cover events such as the atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki on August 6th and 9th, respectively. And maybe even more. But you'll just have to wait to find out. Until next time, farewell. Man, that test was easy. I can go home and study for my next test. Ernest Cena from Cuba, Valentine. He's on the screen now. Greetings, Ernest Tulip. My name is Gilbert Valentine. I'm from Escondido, California. I'm also a crime fighter myself. Saving the world is not easy, is it? No, Gilbert, it's not easy. It's very hard. You're not the only one who has a cat. I have two cats, Dino and Luna. Greetings. Ernest, we are the owners of Gilbert Valentine. We were created by your idol, Chris Torbert. That's right. Together, you two are heroes, counts. You will know when Eva is here. Believe in yourselves. Will do. Right. Look at them! They're always in the way with my perfect plan. They'll be destroyed for I, Beltra, the most fabulous woman in the world. I'll have that rainbow brat messed up. <laughs> 
Gilbert, it's a pleasure to meet you. Thanks. It's very nice to meet you, too. Ernest and Gilbert, Bertra's in this area. She has Tim and Ralph trapped to try. Up to you guys to save them. You two better transform now. Meow. Rainbow Star Power! Shadow Star Power! <laughs> Help! Someone get me out! Help! Somebody save us out! <laughs> now I can help you too soon. Your kind will go and join me. And me only, with you two tied up, no one will be able to stop me. <laughs> Wanna make a bet on that, Belcher Breath? Who are you? I'm Rainbow Man, and I stand for pride and love. In the name of the colors, I will slice you to pieces. That means you. And I'm Ninja Shadow, and I stand for justice and pride. In the name of the ninjas, I will beat you down, and that means you. Ninja Shadow, it's very nice to meet you for the first time. It's very nice to meet you too, Rainbow Man. Enough chit chat already. This is whack. Take that. <laughs> oh, oh no. Uh oh. Rainbow Man and Ninja Shadow, you're both mine. Rainbow Man, help. Ninja Shadow, oh. This is no escape, you hero scouts. Not for long, Belcher Face. Rainbow Color Beam Spiral! Shadow Aqua Balls Charge! No! Ah! Ha! Rainbow Dusted. You guys did it! Now, untie us. Gotcha. There you guys are. There you guys are. There you guys are untied. You saved us! Yeah, you guys, you did a good job. Excellent work. After saving the world and saving their friends and meeting each other for the first time, they, they realize saving the world is more hard. Rainbow Man and his new friend, Ninja Shadow, our hero will, will rise up his power. Stay tuned for the next skit. Welcome to the True Shape of Options for All. We'll be doing something slightly different today again, as the person joining me isn't exactly ready to graduate from the studio yet. Nevertheless, he has a lot to say about his time and experiences in OFA. I am your host, Stephen Razo, and joining me today is Kevin Maxwell. Today, we are going to hear Kevin's take on the Options for All studio and get his, his perspective on the creative endeavors that take place here. That said, let's get ourselves started, shall we? Good afternoon, Kevin. Good afternoon, Sierra. It's good to be here with. It's good to be here with you. Thank you so much. Good to have you on. So tell me, what made you want to join the Options for All Studio in the first place? Well, as you've seen on my student spotlight, um, I'm a bit theater nerd. Like I love the everything in the theater, and when I was actually, um. When I was coming, uh, when I was, I, I worked with um, Rachel. She's our, she was my, um, uh, my employment uh, specialist. And I was telling her that I love the theater. And, uh, 
and um and she actually pointed me to you guys so um we re- we got on with regional center and then i got and then i got here so nice nice how long have you had a passion for theater um since high school like uh i was i did it um fairly early on in high school i my uh freshman year i hated it like i didn't add to class and i hated it and then um and uh, my acting teacher, uh, pointed me over to, the uh, um, to the, uh, um, the backstage theater, uh, professor and I just got hooked on, and I got hooked on it. From what I see, you did, you did, did backstage theater in, as a major in Palomar College? Uh, yeah, that was my first major that I did when I was in Palomar, and then I did culinary, and um, and then I went to uh, Southern Utah University, which is in Syracuse, Utah. Shout out to the T-Birds um, uh, for five years, and I was a theater major there. Nice, nice. So you seem to have quite the background and experience in theater. Uh, yeah, I do. Like, um, I always, like, one of my favorite magazines, I guess, the... PL Sunrise Perception like stage news and it's basically like what um what uh new um theater productions have been going on. Nice, nice. So yeah, what made you wanna stay in options for all? Um well let's see, the first semester that I came in here, um we had a different um production manager instead of Alex his name was Carl his name was Carlos and he had Alex's job and Alex was the initial cinematography instructor that um that uh I had and then um after it was um after Alex had gotten his promotion to production supervisor it was Brooklyn and she did really well and now it's Gary and um and it's been nice to go between the uh, three different teachers see what they think of different movies, different aspects, and all sorts of stuff. I see. What did you like in each of the three instructors that came here when during your time here? Um, let's see. For Alex, uh, it was nice to be able to like I got um a lot of experience from him because uh it when I came, COVID had just been on the rise basically, and um and then uh. And then uh, we went on a lot of field trips. Like it was um, the cinematography team went on, went on a lot of field trips uh, for that first semester. And then the same when we came back to the studio, we came in twice a week, and um, we would do it it's still all online. But now that it's three times a week, you know, it's nice to to do that. But I'm excited for the future is filming too. Like I've um, ever since working with Alex, you know, I, I hang out with him sometimes. Um, here at LFA when I'm in the studio or, and, um, it's nice to see like what he's been doing, uh, since he's been the new production, uh, supervisor. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I seem to have a really good relationship with Alex. Uh, yeah, he was my, uh, first one. Um, my first cinematography teacher that I actually, uh, got to know and like, it was, uh, nice and like, um, it's nice to, it was nice to um when he left and Brooklyn came in like uh when she came in um like uh 
like uh and Fresno too she was also a big inspiration to to help me and she graduated uh last year and it was nice uh to um learn all the stuff from uh Alex and Fresno they, they were two really big um helps in uh in what I'm learning here at LFA so. nice nice so Brooklyn graduated OFA. Uh, she didn't graduate. She got a better career um, adjustment, uh, and she had to leave. So that's why Nathaniel and Mateo took over for the cinematography before Gary came. Uh, before they found Gary. I see. How was that? Uh, it was interesting. Nathaniel also, like he's a big, he has a theater and background just like I do, and like we kind of speak the same language, like. Um, cause, uh, for different, for theater and film, it's different languages. So I've had to kind of learn a lingo between the two. So it's been, uh, pretty nice. Would you say the lingo between those two fields crosses over a bit? Uh, yeah, a little bit, but not too, but not too much. I saw that you're on the production team for the Futures film. How does that feel? Yeah, it feels great. It'll be nice to be working with Alex again and, um, and also, uh, Working on doing the uh, assisting camera live, I'm pretty good at doing that. I was saying AC for Hellbound Boys back uh, when we were in filming that. Nice, nice, nice. How was that? How was filming Hellbound Boys? Uh, it was good. We went to um, Sandy Cedro. That was one of the locations that we went to. And then we did uh, some here in the studio. And then we also went up to... Um, a uh, little drugstore uh, in San Diego, and that was pretty nice to do. So nice, nice. So yeah, what have you who made of your experiences so far here in OFA? Uh, I've uh, enjoyed my experience uh, a lot. You know, it's been nice to learn the different aspects of filming and what it takes to be on a set of a film and how. Um, People interact with each other and stuff. Nice. Yep, it's nice to be able to learn, like, learn about film and learn how to work with other people. I I agree. So, what were your expectations coming to the studio? Um, it was a lot different than I expected because when I first joined the film and media program, I thought I was gonna do theater. Like that was what I was gonna do. Like that was, um. That was what was a that's what I was initially expecting, but like working on doing films and like learning filming and stuff, it's been really fun. So, I see. Yeah. So, one question: Have you been able to like cross over your experience from theater into film? Uh yeah. Um, definitely. Like uh, working on lights, like I'm kind of used to doing that. I've helped put up lights in theater and also. Uh, here in the studio, so it's been nice to do that. Nice. Nice. So, I'm just curious. I think I have an idea of uh, what it might be, but what would you say helped you and OFA the most? Um, Probably just, like, learning how to work with, like, the different aspects of audio, like, doing the audio core team, like, helping them out with, like, uh, Jet Quay, that was fun doing that, you know, like helping with getting uh, sound effects, working the board, um, also helping, like, uh, 
like I didn't really like doing the production design, but I like going in and seeing what they're working on and stuff. And um, and also uh, doing screenwriting too. Like I've done uh, one film analysis with Pedro. Like I think it was couple like maybe like a couple of months ago. I watched um a movie with him and in Rob's room. Like that was before uh the clipboards came into play and stuff. Um, cause like uh, cause Natalia wanted a lot more horror than there was now. So and yeah. there is now. So. Yeah, I understand. Things can get pretty chaotic here. Yeah, yeah, especially with forty-five students um attending uh in studio where I was just like uh it was half that uh last year. It was at least half that. Like so it was like only half the amount of students last year or last semester then. Yeah, yeah, here. yeah, last semester. Yeah. I see. What would you say was your favorite options for all project? Um, probably working with on Hellbound Boys. That was probably my favorite project. Like, even though yeah, I made your sunburn, um, from it, like, uh, it was still fun to go and film and hang out with Carlos and Alex and um, an interesting story about that. Uh, we were working on a car and there was this um rig that they had for the C three hundred and. It was not really, it was really sketchy. So, like, um, and I could see, like, we were um, attaching it from one side to the other side of the car, and I could see that that C300 was going to go. So, I just caught as quick as I could, and that was probably the best time that I had on that on that shoot. So, essentially, you had, you had to work with a suspect explosive, and you had to cut the film from that? Uh, no, um... Uh, it was on a car, and like the rake was the rake that he used was uh like really sketchy. Like it was like it didn't it wasn't really like stable in in that way. Like um now you see that C three hundred was gonna go, so I guys quiz like I like I uh like you know on the back of my eyes just say like, oh I think that's that C three hundred is gonna go, so I caught it with the bum my hand and I was just like uh, I got it so so and Alice was really proud of me for doing that so. nice so essentially you got rid of a defective car part uh yeah yes yeah <laughs> that's interesting tell me a bit about the sunburn you told me you had a major sunburn uh yeah it was um well as you know you have to wear black um like I, I have a couple of black sets of clothes and I wore one of them for um Filling, but I didn't wear any sunscreen, and uh, like it was really hot that day, so so I had that sunburn because of that. Ouch! Yeah, I've gotten sunburned before too. So yeah, and I've lived in California for all my life. Like I was, I was born and raised here. Like I'm a true California kid. Like I did live in Utah for um, it was about eight years that I lived in Utah, and that was pretty fun to do that. So nice, nice. I'm just curious, do you have any projects that were inspired by your time here that you're working on right now? Uh, no, not really. I'm kind of one to follow the pack. I don't really um, do my own projects. I just follow whatever everyone else is doing. Like, mm -hmm. like if they need help on their projects, I, I would help on that, but I don't really have any projects of my own. <laughs> it's interesting that you say that because like, that kind of reminds me of Riley Smith. I had her on here last a couple of weeks ago. She said that, like, she doesn't really, like, 
to be the lead. He likes to like follow and and help with whatever is needed. Yeah, that's the same one me and I and I think Riley and I started um, at the same time too. So nice. So. I see. Yeah, it was me, Riley, Amon, and uh, someone else by Friahu. So we were basically, we basically all started together. So nice, nice, nice. What was that like? Uh, it was interesting, you know. Amon uh, did um, be on the camera crew with me uh, when I first started, and then he went over to audio, and then he's now in screenwriting. So, so he's been uh, going through the different um, things and stuff. So, nice, nice. Yep. So, I probably answered this question inadvertently, but. <laughs> Were you ever the head person of any projects in OFA? Uh, no, not really. Um, I've kind of just been lifer, Jeffy Quick. Um, Jake, Jake Solis, he was a good friend of mine. Like we hung out. Um, I helped him uh, uh, lay for one of his uh, projects. I helped him work the C100 on that, and that was pretty nice to do since, um, since Mezzano was sick. So I had to work with him and... Uh, we did a little mock version of The Godfather, kind of something like that. And um, when he thought of Jeffy Quickly, I saw uh, when Rob and I thought that was really cool. So, so and then when I heard that he was going to be doing that as an audio thing instead of just a um, instead of a camera project, I thought it was a really good idea. Nice, nice. Yeah, tell me a bit more about Jack the Jack B. Quick production, like. How was that? Like, uh, I didn't. I wasn't really there when they were filming, but like, it's nice to. It was nice to hear Jake uh, do the directing and stuff like that. Like, um, and Vezina was bringing the cam. Like, she was uh, head. She was head cam up um, for that. I see. Did you? What do you say about it? Like, do you enjoy it? Did you enjoy uh, watching? Yeah, I Jack liked working on the. Um, uh, help working on the. Um, on Pro Tools and uh, and uh, help doing the recording and also helping putting up the bikes and stuff. So, so that was that was nice. So. Nice. So, just curious, do you have any like stories or notable memories about your time in Options for All? Um, no, not really. Like just like the stories I told you earlier. You know, those were like kind of the big stories I. Um, that I liked some. I see. Any projects that you're working on? Uh, no, I'm just kind of helping, um, besides features, like, just helping with that, like, that's basically all I'm doing is the features, so. I see. Yep. But Seems I think like... Futures is a good, um, movie so far from what I've, from what I've seen and heard, so. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> The entire screenwriting department put a lot of hard work, blood, soul, sweat, and tears into it. So, yeah, damn yeah. right, we'll make yeah. sure it's good. Yeah. I'm just curious. What would you say in regards to Options for All? Um, I say that Options for All is like a really good program, and I would uh, recommend it to anyone who wants to come. You know what I mean? Like, it's nice to... We're a lot other people, like, we're with the cameras, we're with, um, the different departments and, uh, see, like, what 
um, everyone has to give and stuff. Nice, nice. Everyone has something to give. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I agree. So, any plans on what you're doing after you graduate from Options for All? Uh, I'm hoping to work uh, at Disneyland on their Fantasmic um, backstage theater crew. That's what I want to do. Like that's my career. That's my first career choice. Nice. Do you, I'm guessing you talked with your service manager Rachel about it. Uh, I have not talked with her about it, but I did talk to Mario before he left, and uh, he said he had contacts at Disneyland that I could be part of, and that he could be part of an intern, that he could be part of uh, an internship. Nice, nice. And I'm guessing you're gonna, I'm guessing you're going to pursue those contacts and internships once you graduate. Uh, yeah, like I'm gonna try and uh, email Mario and see if I can still get in contact with him, and um. And see if you can get me in touch with those contacts. Nice. Well, I have to say, thank you so much, Kevin, for your time. It was interesting hearing about your various memories with, like, filming Hellboys and uh, Futures from the sunburn yeah. to, yeah. The, to, like, the suspect part in the co- or that you had to remove in an emergency... It was also nice hearing how you were able to mesh your abilities with film, with theater, into the film industry and your film experience. Yeah, it's been great to be on here. Thanks. Well, I wish you a good one, Kevin. Yep. Yeah, you too. Yeah. Yeah, have a wonderful day. And as for you, my dear viewers, here's to seeing you sometime in the near future. Bye. Thank you for listening to What's New Today at OFA. To learn more about the film and media program at Options for All, please visit optionsforall.org. And remember, you have options too.